Hey, I want to invite you guys, if you've been listening to this podcast and enjoying this content and are passionate about protection, you should know that we have an entire library of all of the protector symposiums that we've ever done uh, hosted at protectornation.com. You can go there and you can download those and you can watch every protector symposium we've had to date there online and you can learn protection tactics from the most, some of the most elite trainers in the world from the comfort of your own home. I think you'll be surprised about how much content we actually have there. Uh, It's very, very, very reasonably priced and you can upgrade your protection skills. Remember, protection is not all about the hard skills. 90% of it is all about the software, the programming, the way you see and move in the world to achieve a safer pattern of life. With that having been said, go to protectornation.com, join us there, learn from the best of the best. Now, enjoy the show. Boom, boom, what's up, you guys? The terrorist threat on churches, how to harden your church, make it a harder target, make everyone who goes to your church a little bit safer, right? That's what this video is about. The terrorist threat on churches, brief overview, you guys know what's going on, and then I'm gonna dig in hard to some things that you and your church can do with the assets you currently have to make yourself a harder target, right? The FBI is warning the U.S. that it's facing an unprecedented level of terror threats in the midst of the war between Israel and Hamas. In fact, an intelligence report says the most likely primary targets could include churches, synagogues, and members of the Jewish community. I see blinking lights everywhere I turn. I've never seen a time where all the threats, or so many of the threats, are all elevated all at exactly the same time. The current terrorist threat on churches is something that's been validated. One thing we struggle with in the private security industry is validating the reason for services, especially because the services can be expensive. But with regards to churches and synagogues, uh, that's already happened. So the reason for security has been validated, right? Now, this information should help you guys who understand and believe in security implement higher levels of security regardless of politics, right? One of the major problems you're going to deal with when it comes to implementing a security strategy at churches is the reality that, uh, you know, they want to say things like, hey, you know, we'll just walk by faith and not by side and God will protect us. Okay. Um, Here's a little bit. I'll say these things to kind of validate my lens and perspective and experience. I've I've operated in the faith-based realm of high-end executive protection and bodyguarding since 2008. Uh, I've been all around the world, 60, 70 plus countries, all doing faith-based high-level security. I've seen the atrocities. Um, I mean, even in Iraq, when I was a United States Marine, I've seen the atrocities. But what I used to do for seven years, what I did for seven years and still do in many different ways is travel around the world, get there before my client gets there, take a look at what that church has on hand to make it the safest environment possible for us to have our live event, live event ranging anywhere from 800 people in a hotel ballroom up to 250,000 people uh, over the course of a weekend, a million people over the course of a weekend, 250,000 a night. Like we, 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 we dealt with crazy numbers all over the world, work with multiple governments and work with people who have no assets. Um, to try to secure their campuses. So um, that's where this information base comes from. Um, And I'm here to tell you, I understand the politics of implementing a security strategy inside of a church now, or or a faith-based organization. Now, with regards to the current 
threat landscape, so much of the validation's already been done for you when you have the director of the FBI saying, hey, there's never been a threat landscape like this ever before. I've never seen so many, so much threat. I've never seen the uh, faith-based organizations have such a high threat profile and deal with such a high elevated level of risk before. This is coming from the FBI. This is also coming from Homeland Security. There are multiple ways you can look at a situation like this. Yes, it could be the bad actors. It could be the terrorist threat of which the last numbers I personally heard from the guys down at the border uh, were that we were looking at something like 10 million known insurgents and or whatever you want to call them, 10 million known people have come across our border, right? And some of those were great people that are looking for a better place to live. But when I was down in Yuma, I saw 80% military, 80% military age males. So that just goes to show you, like if you're, if you're a refugee and you're fleeing, you know, generally you bring your family with you and yeah, at least 80 to 90% of those refugees or insurgents, whatever you want to call them, were military aged males. All right. So, um, if just 10% of them uh, weren't on our side and um, were people that had a good reason to say death to America, and I'm here to tell you, I know you've probably been living in America your whole life, but I've seen the world, I've been to war, I've fought wars for America as a Marine, and I'm telling you, there are a lot of real, there are a lot of people that have really good reasons to say death to America, right? So that's kind of the terrorist threat. We don't know who's in our country. We've seen the attack in Israel that could be very much like what we see here at home. Could you imagine if an insurgency, this means fighters that are embedded in our population decide to activate no uniforms, no jerseys, plain clothes, uh, start to execute a coordinated, a coordinated attack, a lot like what we saw in Israel, right? A team of five, 10 guys goes active in Vegas, a team of five, 10 guys goes active at LAX, a team of five, 10 guys goes active uh, at the, at the, uh, in New York, a team of five, 10 guys goes active in all the different metropolitan city areas. I mean, it's easy to execute, right? A disgruntled platoon of Marines could ex like of Marines could pull this off with ease. I'm saying all these things to help you guys understand the threat profile, the threat landscape that we're dealing with, right? It would be very easy to cause multiple mass casualty events. Now, when it comes to church security, these terrorist organizations aim at soft targets. So as you saw, you know, as you guys saw what they did in Israel, that's the type of thing you can expect here because it will elicit the highest amount of terror and emotional response that will be crippling to the public, right? So if there are a lot of innocent women and children, where are areas where innocent women and children would be, which would strike the deepest and most powerful amount of terror into the population? Churches, schools, uh, these are generally soft targets. And I'm gonna get into how you can harden those targets uh, here in a second. But you have to understand the psychology of the enemy that you're working against so you can understand how to defend against him, right? And this is what we saw in Iraq and this is what we see all over the world. This is what we just saw in Israel. Uh, they'll go after these soft targets and they'll create these mass casualty events um, because they want you to be terrified. They want you to be too terrified to leave your house. Why? Because that will further cripple the economy. And bringing America to its knees is exactly, and making it pay for this, what they believe are our sins, which, you know, that's up for debate, is the goal, right? So 
You've got to understand these churches and schools are soft targets. They are targets that uh, it's easier to execute on massive casualty events because of the politics and sentiments around these places. Not believing in guns is kind of like not believing in gravity. So you can, as long as there are men willing to do violence on your behalf, you cannot believe in guns. Like, as long as people know if someone calls 911, cops will show up, you cannot believe in guns. But what we're starting to edge into right now is uh, a world and a time when you might be faced with a gun and you're not believing guns thing that you're able to do might not work. Uh, I wanted to get this video out as soon as possible because the holidays are coming. And as we saw in Israel, they attacked Israel on what would have been the equivalent of Christmas. And that Christmas is coming up. New Year's is coming up. And when we were in Iraq, they love attacking us on holidays. But either way, these are some considerations to start for you and your church and your school and you as an individual to take into this next year. Uh, the reality is, you know, we do the Civilian Protector Project where I'm at. I teach so many of these things online. I teach so many of these things in person. We've developed a whole entire uh, training for church protection strategies and, and security. Um, you can find that at epspecialist.com. There's just so much there that we've done. Now, let's talk about hardening the church. Let's talk about defending your campus, okay? So, like I said, this is what I've done all over the all over the globe, 60, 70 countries, multiple churches, churches at the highest levels, churches, just meetings and rooms. This is what we do. I'm a professional protector. I've been doing executive protection for since 2008. This is what we do as a company when we roll into a church um, for my private security company, Bravo Research Group. Just a few tips to not make this video too long. First and foremost, you need to start looking at uh, the flow of traffic onto your campus. All right, so when the enemy is doing what we call uh, in their hostile planning cycle, there are a few things that they need to do. Your job is to interrupt this hostile planning cycle by a few different modes and methods. You wanna one, look like the hardest target, right? So you wanna make your church, your campus, look like a place that will be the hardest to victimize, right? No matter what that is. So whether it's access control, you know, um, deterrence is huge, whether, whether it's like no one literally gets in this place unless they have access, right? But that's not how a church works. We want everyone in. So, you know, we have to do these things in a way that seems uh, like the softer side of Sears so that we don't get in the way of the mission of the church, right? So access control, that's a huge one. Who has access? How do they have access? When they have access, what do they see? So as people come onto your campus, is it obvious that there are men there that are willing to bring accountability to that environment, right? Uh, when people are coming on your campus, one of the things we do is we put security operatives, full kit, exposed weapons, standing out there on the side of the road. So when you come on that campus, they're out there smiling, saying hi, you know, welcoming people to church, but they are in body armor and they do have a weapon and they are dressed professionally and they are fit, right? So the, the deterrence value is there. Why do we do that? Uh, because we consulted with government agencies when we were building uh, security programs for some of the biggest churches in the United States and they said deterrence value is huge. One of the things that they see in the memorandums and cell phones and notes of people who have um, become active shooters, what they almost always see, and you saw it with um, one of the shootings last year, is that they avoid uh, campuses that have armed security. They just know that there's a higher probability that their attack will be um, 
not as effective because they're going to have to play ball, right? So they're literally seeking, prowling like a roaring lion, seeking who they can devour. And they're looking for churches that don't believe in guns. They're looking for churches that don't have armed security. They're looking for churches that don't have any way of protecting themselves. The first part of the battle is making yourself look like a harder target than uh, unfortunately the next guy. And if we can really bring this together, maybe we can all be hard targets and we can steer these attacks out of the whole entire country, out of the world. But anyways, so first and foremost, the optics of your security, the optics of your organization are your first layer of defense, right? The way your organization looks is your first layer of defense. So presenting a hard target. The second thing is think about security um, like this. You want to set up an information network on your campus to help the right people get to the right problems as quickly as possible, right? So if you have something like a, you know, someone comes on campus who's a little bit suspicious, who might be a bolo, be on the lookout, or a person of interest, how do you get the information network to pick that person up and get them in front of the right people at the right point in time as quickly as possible, right? That's kind of the game here. So what I do with you know, security teams is I bring everyone in. I bring the whole entire volunteer corps in. I will attach the bulletins or I'll put the bulletins that the FBI and the Homeland Security put out in this video and I'll show them these documents and I'll let them know the seriousness of what we're, of what we're up against and what we might be facing. And I'll make sure every single volunteer on campus knows that, hey, if you see something, you guys need to say something. Get on channel three where security is and let us know. You guys are auxiliary teammates. You are an extension of the security of the campus and we want to maximize our effectiveness on this campus by being in communication with you guys if you see anything strange. And that's huge. That has paid back huge dividends over the years. Everyone is part of your security team and making sure they know that and making sure there's that there's that cooperation between departments and volunteer te teams will help you set up a more effective information network. The second thing is how do you guys deal with bolos or be on the lookout for or persons of interest? Like, do you, you know, if you see somebody, do you just go and tell your buddy? You know, do you just put a description out over the radio, right? One of the things we've been using on our campuses is Zello because Zello can turn your phone into a two-way radio and that's really, really effective at serving, uh, saving money until you can get your own radio equipment and things like that for your team. But you can use Zello to do this, you can use Zello to do this, or you can start your own start a group text at the beginning of every service. So everyone on your security team, not just has radio communication, but also has visual communication. So at that point, when you do see someone being strange, you can someone can take a snapshot of them and they can text that photo to the entire security team. The entire security team can now start watching them. The person in the CP that has the cameras, hopefully that you have, can start following that person around the campus. You wanna get everyone to visually recognize who that person is that you guys wanna focus on and setting up a group chat of text message group chat with everyone who's working that service it takes a little more work but can help communication move that much more quickly and communication is what you're going to really really want to have if you recognize someone who might pose a problem right so uh back to the flow of traffic right so when do you want to become aware of who's on your campus 
as vehicles start coming on your campus, you want that parking lot, you want the greeters on the corner to be aware. You want the parking lot guys to be looking for people to, that, that don't look like they should be in that environment, et cetera, et cetera, right? Maybe they recognize somebody who was shuffling around in their car a little bit weird. They give you a description and it's, hey, Byron, we got a guy in a red shirt and black pants. He was kind of, he's got a big bag with him, et cetera, et cetera, right? You want the parking lot ministry to tell you there's somebody being weird. So you guys can meet him where in the parking lot and ask him, hey, how's, how you doing, man? We're at a little bit of an elevated posture based on, you know, kind of some of the, some things that are going on. So we're just kind of keeping an eye on things. How you holding up out here in the parking lot? And start that conversation out there. If he goes active, it's you and three other security guys out there willing, ready to get it on rather than it happening inside the middle of the sanctuary. So you got to think about the flow of traffic and think about how many eyeballs you can get on that flow of traffic as it makes its way onto your campus and into your sanctuary. And everyone should be encouraged to make social contact and do soft, gentle, professional interviews. How you doing? Good morning. Jesus loves you. All that stuff. Uh, the other thing is red teaming. Take a look at your campus and think very seriously about if you wanted to create a mass casualty event, what you would do. Would you, is your, is your, is your patio wide open? Would you just drive drive a vehicle up on the patio and start running people over. It happens. It has happened. It happens. Um, sometimes it's not on purpose, but sometimes it's terrorist, right? So uh, would you just drive over the patio? Boom, right? Would you just, is there a door that the band and volunteers and civ civilians always keep unlocked that gives someone access to the sanctuary so someone can come up next to the building, open a door and be pop right in the middle of the sanctuary. And that's the door you would hit and, and begin shooting or throw Molotov cocktails and things like that. You need to walk around your church and you need to find your vulnerabilities and you need to really look at what, where you're vulnerable and how you would do it. This is called red teaming and it's a very important military tactic for understanding um, where your vulnerabilities are. So play the game, you know? Um, when are you guys most vulnerable? Is it while everyone's sitting in service or does everyone congregate outside? Uh, and where should you be? So red team a little bit, walk around your campus, think about how you would attack your, your church. Another huge thing is um, becoming a TLO, right? If, you have, if you're in law enforcement, law enforcement uh, have law enforcement ties or private security ties, um, you can become a terrorist liaison, right? Uh, do a little research, find out how to do that, and uh, that will give you access to FBI and, and government assets and diffusion centers that'll give you a place to be able to report suspicious activity, to report, you know, if you do catch someone in their hostile planning cycle, AKA walking around your campus, taking random pictures of random things, of doorways and places like that, uh, and watching your campus a little differently, not like they're there to enjoy it, but like they're there to understand it and learn it and watch it, right? You guys are, that is the game of cat and mouse. You've got to catch these guys in their hostile planning cycle and you've got to detour them as you seek to protect your campus. Here's another one that my buddy Luke Agajanian does, uh, came up with when we were setting up some church strategies that I think is genius. Get law enforcement there. Obviously you can hire off duty law enforcement officers, you can hire officers, but maybe make your church what they call post certified. You know what I'm saying? Uh, give 
law enforcement officers free everything they want at your deli at your church. Give them free coffee. Give them free donuts. Give them free whatever. You know, set up a little place for them to go and and do their administrative stuff. You know, like hey, you guys can have this back room. You know, just pull up right here. There's a little building in the back where we where no one really goes. Where where which which is a vulnerable point anyway. There's a building in the back. Go back there. You guys can pull back there. There's some coffee and donuts and. You know, we bring things back there every morning during church. If you guys just want to find a place to just chill and do your work or whatever. Um, And then you'll have one or two officers on campus most of the time, you know. So that's another way to join forces with your local law enforcement agency. And um, and when you need their help and when they do things, you know, write them a letter of recommendation. Write them a letter of thanks. Address it to the chief. Send it straight to the chief. Hey, chief, you know, or, 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 you know send it to their superiors or watch commander. Hey, you know, some of your officers were here the other day. We had a little bit of an issue and they were the professionalism and the way they dealt with it. We just want to let you guys know we really appreciate you. Uh, it makes us feel awesome having you guys' support and knowing that you guys are out there making, you know, willing to make the ultimate sacrifice. Da, 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 da. But give them some attaboys, man. That stuff matters to a career protector. So these are just a few tips to help you harden your church. This is just kind of like me scratching the surface at all the different things that we really do for churches and talk about, you know, just remember the game is about these things, you know, deterrence, being a hard target. That's huge. Thinking about the flow of traffic, what they're seeing and what uh, understanding you're building in their mind about uh, the defendability and and how serious you guys are about defending that campus. You know, become a a terrorist liaison officer, Uh, TLO, you get access to training, you get access to government assets, you get get help when it comes to finding these guys in their hostile planning cycle. Um, Be looking for people that are looking at your campus rather than enjoying your campus, right? Have a plan of what to do with them when you find them. And then also set up a text thread with everyone who's on that service, working that service so you can communicate more effectively, uh, visually, et cetera, et cetera. Just a few tips to help you guys. And then finally, yeah, make your church post certified, man. Make it a place where cops can go chill out, relax their knees, but be there, right? Um, Just a few tips. Now, we have an online program for this. It is... I forget how many hours it is, but it's very in-depth. I go very in-depth, setting up your sanctuary, all kinds of things. You can find that at epspecialist.com, Church Protection Strategies. The link will be underneath this video. And then finally, if you would like a consultation, if you would like us to come to your church and do a risk, threat, vulnerability assessment, um, it would be an honor. And uh, we can talk more about um, setting up security deliverables for you guys and or just helping you organize the assets you already have um, in order to create a safer campus uh, for you to worship at your at your for you to worship at your synagogue or your church um, or your temple, you know, peacefully as it should be. Byron Rogers, protector by nature and by trade. It's an honor to make these videos for you guys. Um, it's an honor to serve. God bless. Semper Fi. Boom! Quick shout out to our sponsor, Staccato. My first pistol sponsor. Um, I've been sponsored by a lot of companies, right, over the years. But when it comes to pistol, that's my bread and butter. Pistol is something I believe in. You know, I'm a competitive shooter. You know, we're shooting anywhere from, you know, 800 rounds a month type of thing, right? So Staccato, being what I believe, is one of, if not the most complete handguns you can put in your hand. Um, It's got every component that a handgun could have, should have, 
Uh, they're actually extremely dependable now that they've made some changes and these things are straight up tack drivers. If you're looking for a pistol that will do as much of the work for you as a piece of hardware can, obviously you have to have the, the, the marksmanship and all the different things, but different guns perform at different levels. And I want to say that Staccato is one of by far, for sure, take it from a competitive shooter, we're shooting the highest volumes of rounds constantly right now, not used to have a background guy, but like right now, when you go shoot, you're gonna see certain brands. Staccato is one of, if not the highest performing firearm that is both CCW, duty ready, and also competitive ready. So I wanna give them a shout out if you guys are looking for a good handgun to build your skills on top of, go check out Staccato, much love and respect. Yo, if you enjoyed that episode, uh, and you like learning things like that, I wanna encourage you to go to Protector Nation, build a profile, get in the Civilian Protector Project. Um, this is where you can learn from these guys. Uh, live Zoom calls, you can see the full modules that you just, uh, you just watched, and you can become part of a community. It's the first social media platform for protectors where we can get to know each other, we can network, we can learn together. We do live Zoom calls with different SMEs every single month. There's so much packed in there, I'm in there. Uh, it's an honor, it's a privilege, looking forward to working together to make the world a safer place by helping good people to become more willing, capable and prepared, protector nation, civilian protector project, let's go.